Hi, welcome back to Sanditon Fancast, a fan-created podcast about the masterpiece Britbox show Sanditon. We are your hosts. I am Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Rita. I live in England and I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to everyone who helped support the new show. We really appreciate it. You took your time to give us ratings and we love you. Special shout out to LambiePie23 for giving us our first iTunes review. We love you. Oh. Thank you. So nice. Thank you. Um, anyway, let's talk season two, episode two, shall we? The episode was directed by Charles Sturridge and written by Colin Blythway, who has written for a lot of British TV classics, such as Casualty, Nino Nino, and Death in Paradise. <laughs> um, it aired March 24th, and here is your incredibly long recap. <laughs> Alright, uh, this episode began with Charlotte walking to work via the beach, um, or via the beach, and this is, again, uh, ge- geography is baffling Rita. Uh, why would she need to go on the beach to Hayward Park? She was walking on the cliff last week. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyhow, she happens to run into a dashing-looking Colonel Lennox who wishes her good luck and also tells her to keep an eye out for an invitation. Hmm. Further up the beach, Arthur tells Georgiana what we learned last week. Sydney was in Antigua on her behalf. They have zero other information and have written to the employees for further information, but it could take weeks to get a reply. Weeks! They are probably more closely to months, but anyway, weeks. They are really dragging this out. Um, over at Sanderton House, Lady Denham and Esther receive an invitation to a regimental mess dinner hosted by Colonel Lennox. But fear not, Lady D, they have hired out the fancy new assembly rooms, so no eating in a tent for you. <laughs> Which, I don't blame her. Yeah. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Charlotte arrives at Hayrick Park and rings the front doorbell. No one answers, so she makes her way through to the servant's entrance, which honestly should have been her first stop now she's part of the hired help. Like, mm-hmm. girl, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And she's greeted by Mrs. Wheatley, Wheatley? I don't know how to pronounce her name, who tells her that she's now late, not a great start, and that the household is taking wages on how long she will last in the position. Smart money's on her not lasting the week, but Wheatley had... Waitley has I think, money on I think Charlotte's I think it's Wheatley. Because... I think it's yeah, Wheatley. Yeah, let's go with Wheatley. You never know with British pronunciations. Uh, Leicester hey. Square, Leicester uh-huh. Square, whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway, Charlotte promises her that her money is safe. They then bump into Colborne, who shows Charlotte into the schoolroom and introduces her to her charges. As you can see, Leonora is in dire need of a feminine hand, while Augusta lacks manners civility, or any of the qualities that would make her remotely marriageable. I mean, harsh, but accurate. Georgiana is fucking with her suitors again and whispers something to Mr. Hartwood that sets him off into a tizzy. Mary tries to explain to her in the kindest way possible that as a beautiful young black heiress, she is vulnerable to society's viciousness and she needs the security of a good marriage for their acceptance. They are then accosted by the most outsidery of outsiders, Charles Lockhart, 
who attempts to flirt with Georgiana again. She shuts him down, but then looks mighty pleased with herself when he walks off. Sound the alarms, Mary! When they reach the Parker house, Allison is having a full meltdown at the sight of a soldier approaching. She begins to flap, assuming that it's her one true love, a.k.a. Captain Carter. But when she opens the door, she sees, in fact, it's Captain Fraser, the Scottish one. You know, the one with the rakish scar on his cheek. Can't wait to find out what the scar's about, by the way. (laughs) Sound familiar, anyone? Anyway... Uh, Allison is, is not pleased. She's crestfallen. Uh, he hands over their invitation and offers her Captain Carter's regards. At that, Allison again gets herself in another flap about the prospect of not seeing his handsome face that day. So Georgiana offers to take her to go see a pretty hat, but they just sneak off to the soldier's camp. They find her boy Captain Carter practicing his swordsmanship with Captain Fraser. No, not a euphemism, I promise. (laughs) Even though as I was typing it, I was like, oh, this sounds bad. (laughs) (laughs) Georgiana begs Allison to be aloof, but Allison quite correctly points out that invading his camp is hardly the chillest of vibes. (laughs) After some sword shenanigans, don't try saying that ten times fast, Allison and Captain Carter exchange some very earnest conversation about his rescuing her. Girl, he did nothing. You were already on the floor. Seriously. And before he gets all t- just far too saccharine for me to handle, Captain Fraser insists on escorting the ladies out. Really, sir? Have you no heart at all? None. Just a cold, hard rock in its place. <laughs> I stand him! Well, <laughs> we love. Yes. We love him. Yes. Uh, back in the schoolroom, Charlotte's teaching the girls how to embroider. Augusta is back on the attack and pointedly asks, asking Charlotte what she could possibly teach her about attracting a proposal when she remains unmarried. Uh. Leo likens it to being a pirate that's never gutted a man. I love Leo. (laughs) You too. (laughs) Augusta then hands over a timbre frame that says, Miss Hayward, spinster, in beautiful cursive. (laughs) It's honestly impressive (laughs) in its bitchiness. She's really going out of her way. Very detailed. Uh, Down in the Martha Stewart style kitchen, (laughs) uh, while Charlotte takes her lunch, she tells Miss Wheatley that she wants to understand Augusta better. She's really not that hard to understand. She's 18 years old and not long orphaned. She's got a severe case of teen angst. Esther Esther is having some quiet contemplation time in the church when she is accosted by Reverend Hankins and his sister. The conversation turns to children because, of course, and when he uses the phrase, the fruit of the womb, Esther's fight or flight kicks in and she runs out of the church. Ms. Hankins is able to read the room better than her dim brother and follows after Esther to inform her about a midwife who helps women struggling to conceive. Ladies supporting ladies. We love to see it. Elsewhere, Arthur shows Tom his beautiful design for a new theater royale. Tom points out that it will cost a lot and they cannot afford to gamble. Gamble. Key word here. (laughs) So instead, he goes and pursues Colonel Lennox. While showing him around the newly finished town, he begins or starts badgering him about 
building a new permanent barracks for the regiment. So, are we okay to gamble with your ideas, but not Arthur's? I would say yes. Back at work, Charlotte has ventured outside with her students, and they are pretending to be melancholists by looking for snails. Well, Leo is. Augusta's being a moody teenager and just <laughs> hanging back. Leo asks if Charlotte's mother is alive. Charlotte says yes, she is, and Leo interrupts by saying she doesn't miss her mother. She died when she was a baby, and you can't miss what you never had. Charlotte says, of course you can. Augusta interrupts by saying, for example... Miss Hayward misses the husband she didn't have. God <laughs> so damn! Mean, but also so funny. God. Like, you have to give this chick points for persistently being mean. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a wake-up call coming pretty quick. But <laughs> On the beach, Arthur wakes up from a doze to find Charles Lockhart st- sketching him. Lockhart tells him he would like to paint Georgiana, but fears she has taken against him. Ooh, whatever gave him that impression. Hmm. Uh, Arthur says that... <laughs> Arthur says that's just her manner, by the way. Which Damn. Is Loki saying she's a bitch to everyone. Yeah. And <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's kind of accurate, but yes. I love it. Uh, Charles tells Arthur to put a good word in for him, and he promises to make it his life's mission. <laughs> and, uh, adorable. <sighs> Back at Hayrick Park, Leo barges into her dad's study looking for a magnifying glass to see her new snails better. She shows her dad what they have been up to, which is not embroidery, and although he humours her by handing over his glass, he pulls Charlotte aside and asks her what happened to the whole turning Leo into a young lady thing. Remember that conversation? Uh-huh. Charlotte explains that she has no interest in embroidery, who does, quite frankly, yeah. but she can widen her knowledge in other ways. She tries to get Colborne to join them, but Colborne blows her off. He has work and shit. Party time! Uh, despite only in issuing invitations that morning, it's suddenly time for the regiment's mess dinner. Georgiana runs to meet Charlotte, and she shares how apprehensive she is of dancing in Sanditon without Sydney. Georgiana insists that they eat and drink and dance and forget all their cares. We are here for that. They're going clubbing! Uh, <laughs> Esther and Lady Denham enter. Um, she tells her she visited the midwife and got some herbs from her. Herbs! Lady Denham is as incredulous as I am that Esther would be foolish enough to fall for this, but she says that if nothing else, she has given her hope, and she has nothing to lose, which is not strictly true if one accounts for her dignity. They approach Georgiana, and as predicted, the sugar boycott is discussed. I take it you won't be joining us. Life affords few enough pleasures as it is. Forgive me, my lady. I'd forgotten you lived a life of such deprivation. Oh, Snapple! <laughs> Georgiana tries to evade her and instead walks smack bang into Arthur and his new bestie, Charles Lockhart. Arthur tries to work his matchmaking magic, but it falls on deaf ears, I'm afraid. And instead, he sneaks off into the dining hall and changes the name places so that Charles and Georgiana can be seated together. It's not exactly subtle, but it just might work. Alison then approaches Captain Carter and immediately goes full Marianne Dashwood. Oh my god. And starts reciting William Cowper. 
Cooper. God. <laughs> William Cooper poetry at him. If you see the spelling, you would understand why yes. that confused me, mm-hmm. uh, which he clearly does not recognise. Just mm-hmm. so obvious on his face. Yeah. Uh, but he has to pretend he does if he wants to keep flirting with the very pretty girl. It's all going to end in a complete mess. Of course. Everyone then enters the dining hall and Charlotte realises she has been sat with the spinsters. <laughs> no plot points for you, Charlotte. Off Dang. you go. And on the other side of the table is Charles and Georgiana who snipe at each other throughout their meal. Meanwhile, Alison is sat with the delightfully grumpy Captain Fraser, who looks pretty pleased at his circumstances. <laughs> J'accuse you of having a crush. Yes! <laughs> and Georgiana admits to Charles that it takes more than a red coat with some brass buttons to impress her. He asks her why she accepted the invitation then. She says it would be ill-mannered of her to decline. That doesn't seem to stop her most of the time. Yeah, just point out. yeah. <laughs> He tells her he's disappointed to learn that she cares so much about other people's opinions and then proceeds to absolutely ostracise himself by hijacking the soldier's toasts (laughs) to the king to declare himself a fan of Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, Just read the room. And by the way, we need to sidetrack about this point about Napoleon abolishing the slave trade because... (laughs) It just so happens, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I'm reading about the French Revolution at the moment, and I just got to the part where the National Assembly abolished slavery in 1794, way before Bonaparte comes on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always been my understanding that slavery was reintroduced to the French colonies by Bonaparte in about 1801. Ugh. And he then re it. <laughs> Obviously, as some kind of political manoeuvre. So really, let's put an asterisk by that one, Charles. We can't be all... Really weird, because uh, mm. <laughs> I happened to be reading that book at this time. I was screaming at Charles, fake news! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. You didn't come here for a history lesson. Uh, the room full of English soldiers then start chanting out uh, because they're obviously well versed on the intricacies of French history and know he's full of shit. <laughs> and as a side note, isn't um, Colonel Lennox, you know, one of his big uh, to do's is he's like a hero of Waterloo? Massacres. Nap- yeah, this is after <laughs> Nappy B gets defeated at Waterloo, but. Again, this is not a history channel. What? I mean, it might as well be at this point, because I'm also thinking, Waterloo was years ago. This guy is still in the army. Like, I know. <laughs> he, he's very young to be a war hero. Yeah. And if he is a war hero, why is he in Sanderton of all places? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Uh, let's not try to make it make sense. You know, that hurts our little brains when we do that. Yeah, that's not. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just dance along uh, to the the tune you're playing, guys. Um, don't get too egregious, though. Anyhow, speaking of tunes, it's now time for the dancing to start. Charlotte is immediately approached by Colonel Lennox because, of course, uh, they discuss the problem Charlotte is having with her charges, and he offers her some advice delivered in clunky military metaphors. 
Basically, to open up the girl, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Crank up Jessie's girl because Captain Fraser stares longingly at Allison as she dances with Captain Carter. Love triangle ahoy! Hmm. Although it all takes on a touch of Cyrano when Captain Carter pleads for help from Captain Fraser to seem more refined and well-read than he truly is. Girl, that was the first thing that popped into my head, too, was, oh, we we got, to we've, got, we've got a little Cyrano <laughs> trope coming in here, too. All right, all right. Um, anyhow, Colonel Lennox persuades Tom to start gambling. Remember? Gambling. And whatever dumb game the soldiers are playing with dice, much to everyone's collective horror. He is off the wagon, folks, and it's only 30 minutes into the second episode, which means he ends up winning. But still, it's terrible because the bite is the the, the taste is 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 back. <sighs> OK, Georgiana sees Lockhart smoking on the terrace, looking very sexy, and she follows him out. She asks if the toast was for her benefit. But he's all like, nah, he just did it for his own amusement. And for the record, I believe him. Mm -hmm. That man doesn't give a fuck. Nope. Uh, She asks if that was worth earning the contempt of almost everyone in the room. Wait, almost everyone? Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) He then tells Georgiana that he prefers to live outside the narrow confines of polite society. She does look intrigued. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Back inside the assembly rooms, Mary spots them together on the terrace and has a very worried expression. <laughs> oh, Mary, just get on board. It's a cute ship. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was yelling at the TV. Well, go out there and do something about it if you're that worried, Mary. Don't just go, oh, God. And then, oh, excuse me, we're dancing. <laughs> no, no. I can't explain some yeah. of the things Mary yeah. does. Anyway, yeah. Edward approaches Esther and Lady Denham, trying to once again act the innocent. Not really working on them at all, but Esther takes the opportunity and forces him to dance with the lonely spinster, Miss Hawkins, as a repayment for her kindness earlier. It's great because it both embarrasses the shit out of Edward, mm-hmm. which we love, but also makes Miss Hankins radiate with happiness. Oh. It was so cute. She was it's so the sweet. Crime. <laughs> yes. She was so cute. We but love Miss Hankins. Yes. The evening comes to a close with everyone making their goodbyes but we can't leave without one final plot twist, so strap on in. Miss Hayward. Thank you for your advice on military strategy. I hope it proves useful. Let me know if you wish to borrow a cannon. (laughs) I'm not sure Mr. Colburn would sanction that. Colburn, you say? Yes. Why do you know him? Only by reputation. I bid you a good evening. Good evening. As Charlotte walks away, we get a close-up of Colonel Lennox that suggests a very juicy backstory, and dare I say, Mr. Wickham, Mr. Darcy-style rivalry? You can't see this, but I'm rubbing my hands together in anticipation. Oh, yes. (laughs) The next morning, Mary and Georgiana are out for a promenade. Mary asks if anyone caught her eye. Georgiana insists she found Charles as conceited as ever and wants no more talk of suitors. When she marries, it will be on her terms. She's going to marry Charles. (laughs) Yes, she is. 
Uh, over at Sanditon House, Colonel Lennox is waxing poetic about how great an officer Edward is to Lady Denham and Esther. The latter showcases one of her iconic eye rolls. When Esther and Edward are alone together, he apologizes for his wrongdoings and tries to get her to think he might have changed. If she even considered this, it's not for long. Back in the schoolroom, after another remark about how Charlotte is an unlovable spinster from Augusta, consistent <laughs> queen, Charlotte confess yes. confesses that she had previously been loved before but that he died she tries to bond over their shared grief and at first augusta is clearly moved but she uses the opportunity to manipulate charlotte into playing a forbidden spinet dun, dun, dun. <laughs> in the drawing room turns out <laughs> colborne has specifically decreed that no one is to touch his dead wife's spinet and when he hears Charlotte playing it, he goes into a mood and correctly accuses Augusta of setting this up. Charlotte lies and says it was her idea. And then Leah runs in dressed in shorts and a tricorn <laughs> with a little <laughs> fake sword screaming her head off, pretending to be a pirate. This then leads to a classic sound of music confrontation scene between Colborne <laughs> and Charlotte where she yells at him to be a better father. He asks her if she wishes to quit and she's like I assumed you were firing me but turns out she still has a job. As he watches her leave, Mrs. Wheatley approaches and tells him he owes her a shilling and then he hands it over and it's all very cute. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah. Augusta approaches Charlotte on her way home and asks why she lied for her. Charlotte wants to understand why she was trying to get her fired. Augusta explains that everything else in her life has been replaced, so why not a governess? Charlotte encourages her to forge a new path for herself as she is doing. Back at Sanditon House, and Lady Denham and Esther receive a bedraggled-looking Clara. As she stands up, it becomes obvious that she's very heavily pregnant. They both look like they don't really care to help her at all until she yells, It's Edward! Plot twist! Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what oh, man. a way to end. Uh, what did you think of I this know. episode? <gasps> uh, I really liked it. Um, I, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it um, moved smoothly. Um, I didn't see... Uh, any of the plot points um, kind of dragging on, there was a nice pacing yeah. to um, the the way the story was flowing. Um, and uh, I, I, of course, am now very eager to watch episode three to see <laughs> where this cl this cliffhanger ends. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. How about you? I really love this episode. I think a little mm -hmm. bit more than last week. I realized that. Yeah. Um, I see, see, <laughs> see. I really like. Gonna... I had an epiphany while watching this. Is like I really like the second episodes of shows. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think that it's like when you get you like dive deep into the the story before the disappointing conclusion comes and you're like is that it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough um when this <clears throat> premiered this episode came out with the premiere as like a two-part 
oh. sort of release. They released the first mm-hmm. episode and the second episode. So I think a lot of people watched it together. But I think mm-hmm. this works better as a standalone episode because I yeah, think... Yeah, me too. I think you need, like, a week's breather to accept Sydney's death, RIP, uh, and then approach this... And everything else that happened in episode one, yeah. I mean... You know, it, it, there was so much information that they were trying to impart upon us in that episode uh, that, you know, you really do need some time to just let it digest. Um, I wound up, um, you know, I watched this episode right after we finished recording the uh, podcast for episode one, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the failed recording <laughs> of episode one. Um, and, uh, and hadn't watched it since. And so, you know, almost two weeks had gone by since I watched it. So I literally finished watching it, uh, about five minutes before I came in here to, to start recording. Uh, so everything is still very fresh in my mind. Um, and I'm glad I did because I know I probably would have gotten things all garbled up in my head based on you know, everything that happened in the first episode and then this one. So really great episode. Yeah. And I told you I was saving, I was saving a pineapple. <laughs> well, half a pineapple. Um, half, half a pineapple. I, just, <laughs> I think like this is a really great starting point for the season. There's lots of conflicts yeah. being introduced. Like, I mean, Clara and Edward and that baby, the messy love triangle mm-hmm. that is coming. The way Tom has started to unravel. <laughs> like, it's just going to be so much drama. And I just, I love the drama, Mick. I just yeah. love it. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 And then we have the uh, other kind of uh, love stories that they're setting up with um, uh, Georgiana and uh, Charles. Um, and... Um, Oh, sweet Lord. Her Coldborn? name just flew out of my head. Yeah, Colborn and um, thank you. Oh, my. I, it, it's it's late. I, I need to I go to bed. I sometimes forget uh, Alison's name. I'm always trying to. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, you know, the, the, the blonde girl, the blonde <laughs> girl. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, all of the, the other love stories that they have um, set up in here uh, that they're getting ready to kind of send us down the merry trope way yeah. uh for both of them. Uh I I just I'm I'm living for this this season. I mean the Cyrano thing happened where I was like this is just oh. this is Cyrano. And then I started thinking about it and I was like there's so many different stories that I see be like allusions and references mm-hmm. and i'm sort of like getting the sense that the season is a pastiche of all these other stories that we know <laughs> it's like they're playing decoupage with popular novels and just like <laughs> like trying to get get them all in there and like it might only just be like yes. the littlest nod to it but it's like it's so exciting but it's in there. when i see them i'm like yes, i see it. the reference i see it yes <laughs> and you know when when you think about it uh you know how much fun must it have been to kind of be given free reign to 
to basically go in and create this story and pull from all of these references um, to to create this tale. I I think it just sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's really fun, and it's like such a great thing for a a period drama nerd to watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, there's there's that meme from um, Captain America where he's like, I get that reference. Um, yes. That's how I feel watching the show. I'm like, oh, this, this is for me. Yes. But it's, yeah, definitely for the uh, period drama enthusiast in us, that we say. This would be the perfect thing to have like a super bingo card. So not just the the, the little, you know, tiny five across no we're talking like super bingo um spreadsheet going baby yes exactly because (laughs) you would be filling up bingo cards right left and center if you were using just regular ones so i made like a list of all of the ones i think we've got so far like let me know um if you can come up with any others and also anyone listening you can write in with your what you think is a reference mm-hmm. so my first one was pride uh pride and prejudice for the yes. wicked darciness of whatever is going on with lennox and coldborn like, mm-hmm. how do they know each other what the fuck yes um obviously sense and sensibility because alison hayward just is marianne yes which i guess oh my god by the way does it does that make Captain Fraser her Colonel Brandon? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he actually does appreciate poetry, so that's yes. A... So yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely, he is. He is her Colonel Brandon. The air is full of spices. <gasps> Sigh. <laughs> Captain Carter is a lot more likable, though. He's really? Uh, speaking of, I like Captain Carter. He can't. He's a himbo, you know. He, well, yeah. Yeah. That is the perfect word for him. Um, he's like he's... a really super over-eager puppy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is a lot more likable than Willoughby. Oh, yeah. Willoughby was just oily. Exactly. <laughs> he's a cold-hearted snake. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously that gave us Cyrano vibes. Yes. Uh, the fact that everyone is in the army just takes it up a level. Like, I was just like... <laughs> we're really doing this yeah. <laughs> um yeah then there's oh god then there's uh jane eyre mm-hmm. she's got the moody widow with the dog yes and his governess also <laughs> I, I thought the housekeeper was gi- <coughs> sorry the housekeeper was giving like major mrs fairfax vibes just yeah fairfax in all over the place but i like her i don't want her to be mrs fairfax I like Mrs. Fairfax, by the way. Mm. This is uh, my hot take. Really? She was just trying to protect Jane, okay? <laughs> there was a, Her employer kept hitting on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, then, um, I know you've also got to know Sound of Music, um, you know. I mean, that entire speech mm-hmm. <laughs> was ripped off from the Sound yes. of Music. yes. <laughs> And maybe it's just because I watch, right? I I watch Sound of Music every year oh, for um, Boxing I'm Day. I'm sorry. So like all of the dialogue lives rent free in my oh, head. Oh God! <laughs> no, I I can't even tell you the last time I watched Sound of Music. <laughs> I just I run away whenever it's on during the holidays. You've got an expert here, <laughs> and the actual the conversation where she 
where it's literally almost line for line exactly the mm-hmm. same when she's telling it him. Yes. Because it's the and same she's... as, the, you know, when she's all drenched from <laughs> falling in the river and then he, he's all like, <laughs> what, what was it? He calls her captain or something. <laughs> Because he's, so, he's like, shut up. Yes. and <laughs> They're my children. <laughs> and then she gives him the laundry list of the things that are going on with his kids. And, you know, and it's just, it, yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. And the, yeah. And the whole lack of music in the house thing. I was uh, like, yeah. Oh. It's like, all right. Now you're, now you're, now you're really just like going overboard here. It's like, no music. We can't have music. We can't have joy. No. <laughs> Especially because he asked her if she could play an instrument. Yeah. I was like, this is wildly different from <laughs> the impression she got. Like, okay, babes. Um, and I think, like, the last one I wrote down was Le Les... Oh, God, sorry, I'm trying to speak French at 5am. Les Liaisons Dangerous. Because the vibe... I get while watching Edward interact with Esther is very Valmonte. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's just so greasy. Oh, yeah. I- God. I I swear I just I I hiss every time he comes on screen. Just like, oh God. And then like the fact that he's like trying to seduce a married woman yeah. now is making it extra. Yeah. And then also Clara coming I used to kind of see Clara as more of his equal in mm-hmm. that story than Esther is. Like I feel like she's being manipulated, but Clara I don't like when Clara came back I was like, Oh shit, she's gonna <laughs> fuck with him. <laughs> oh and man. He deserves it. Yes, he does. <laughs> Karma's a bitch, dude. Oh, gosh. Saying all that, mm-hmm. I think um, why the whole Charles and Georgiana romance mm-hmm. at the moment is my favourite is that I can't, like, I, that's the one thing that I can't place as having <laughs> happened before in another story. It, ha- it has very familiar tropes at yes. play. But I just don't really feel like I've seen these two characters. One of our, our favourites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen the artsy type. We've seen the heiress yes. type. But, like, they never... Yeah. It's like, this is, this is fresh. This is fun. Yes. I'm here for it. Absolutely. All right. Storylines. Now we've kind of talked about them throughout, but let's uh, dive a little deeper. Um... Charlotte as a governess, I really, really enjoyed watching her trying to worm her way into the affection of the girls. Mm-hmm. Her and Leo. Yes. Oh, they're so sweet. Oh my gosh. I love She's the two of be them. I love those two. <laughs> I know. It's like you're getting to know your mama, baby. Just <laughs> enjoy the ride. <laughs> But yeah, I think that Charlotte, I think Charlotte's doing a brilliant job and is going about it, you know, in the absolute best way uh, possible, you know, getting to know them, you know, not slapping a book on their heads and making them walk up and down to keep their back straight, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I really, in, I'm, I'm going to enjoy how this moves forward now that she has kind of the, kind of made the first the first breach 
onto the beach with both of them. Um, so oh, the mis- military metaphors. Ah! <laughs> um, Damn it! So yeah, I am sorry, Colonel Lennox. Just uh, I, I, I love a good metaphor. <laughs> And his and were he's like the perfect man for you. Yeah, he's he's like metaphors and dad jokes kind of all rolled into one. But uh Yeah. yeah. But uh speaking of Colonel Lennox, um dude is parched. <laughs> um before we move on, can I just oh. talk about Augusta? Because yes. I um uh. I think uh Augusta needs her own <laughs> Um, her own section. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think Augusta is such an excellently written teenager. Because mm-hmm. she's so... I just find her fascinating. She's so obviously lonely. And she's yeah. feeling really stifled in that huge house. Mm-hmm. With no friends. And her family's dead. And she feels very isolated. Yeah. Yet, like the first person that came in uh, that tried to connect with her she's just being an absolute dick to yeah. <laughs> and uh i think she's doing that because that's like almost the only power she has left at this point mm-hmm. it's such a teenagery thing to do that we like we all well most people go through like your moody teenager phase oh, yeah. where you like try to assert your uh, your personhood you're trying to assert your own you know your own authority you're trying to kind of test those boundaries and and uh, so, you know, here she is doing it and meeting the patient brick wall <laughs> that is Charlotte. Because <laughs> I'm going to wear you down with patience and love, girl. And she really, oh, I just, I I feel like down further down the line, they're going to have a really special relationship. Um, and yeah. it's just, oh. I love this storyline. I love Augusta, despite the fact that she wants to be unlikable. And I love all of it. Um, also that she is like so dedicated to pushing someone away that she's willing to embroider something mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was just like, that was oh, when I knew girl, I loved her. No, you did not. <laughs> that was when I was like, you this did is not so just... extra that I can't help but be a fan. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a slow clap moment. That's that is definitely a well done. Well um, done. And I also love that like <laughs> what they're doing by having her sit lower down <clears throat> my voice is going again. Lower down on the table at mm. that function was like a real showcase of like, okay, Charlotte's yeah. not considered an eligible match anymore. She's down with the spinsters. Uh-huh. She's the unwanted, yeah. ugly stepchild <laughs> now, Ugh. which is like, oh God, a real like. It's depressing, but it's also like very important for us as an audience to understand what a huge. Mm-hmm. risk she's taking by becoming a governess mm-hmm. she's really ostracizing herself and putting herself in a situation that is like depressing as fuck because i think yeah. it's it yeah. would be very easy to pretend like you know she's still she's like staying with the parkers and she's still going out for dinners and shit it'd be easy to pretend it was like season one but it's not so shout mm-hmm. out to for to the writers for making a point of having her <laughs> having to listen 
to the stupid reverend go on about how he could have been in the thing. Um, <laughs> um, what did you think about the um, interactions with Colborn this week? I mean, it's off to a very slow start. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and, you know, I am trying to um, look beyond the chubby cheeks. Um <laughs> Um, and, you know, kind of trying to, trying to get, uh, trying to get engaged with his character. So far, I'm I'm having some, I'm having some trouble. He's very aloof at the moment. Do you think, like, I think he's interesting in that I want to know more about him and, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on with his Bennett hatred and, like, how he knows (laughs) all these, how does he know Colonel Lennox and, like, what's going what's what's what is going he's just he is a man of he's a man of mystery Mystery. yes it's Uh, like it's too vague at the moment for me to ship it because i don't outside of him being like kind of cute with his daughter occasionally yes he's given nothing and Mm -hmm. i need and i i mean i like that moment where he was with mrs wheatley Mm -hmm. and he gave her the the shilling that like the fact that he is that close with one of his servants mm-hmm. bodes well for him personally. Yeah. Like very Darcy moment. Yeah. And you have to the, have the love and respect of your servants. Yes. And the scene where um Leo goes into his office looking for a um, magnifying glass. You know, initially yeah. he was like, you know, knocking. You need to knock. And you know, but as uh, she came in and was well, telling that's just him just a dad thing, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> but as she came in and was telling him the story, you know, you could see that he has a real affection for her, um, and yeah. so you know that was that was lovely to see too. I yeah, I I'm giving him another week to kind of get me yeah. into the. All right, you got some potential. Now don't be aloof for too long. <laughs> he's just not getting enough screen time but yeah. i think like i think like they're trying to go the mr darcy mysterious and kind of moody and mm-hmm. he's saying all these like abrasive things um, yeah but then but in retrospect i'm always like yeah of course he would want to make leo slightly more feminine it doesn't like obviously he's raised well not raised her question mark if he's raised (laughs) her he's let her run free for a while yeah but to survive in that society at the time you can't you can't be doing that be running around in breaches yeah exactly it's more of a survival tactic than it is like him really giving a shit about gender norms i think it's just yeah (sighs) well he's on probation we need more more, i need more in you know, information. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know who we have too much of, <laughs> Colonel Lennox. Oh my god! And it's Thurston. Dude, you you need to you need to ease up a little bit because you know you're just like all you know up in her business. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm not finding it attractive at all, and he's very frowny, which I don't like. Well, he has to display his colonelness, which is. Just... <laughs> I suppose so. But he 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 looks grumpy most of the time, but he does have a nice smile when when uh whenever Charlotte comes around, he does yeah. manage to to pop that out. Um, what I f- what I found extra was that he saw Charlotte on the beach and was like, "Look out for an invitation." Oh, and then he sent yeah. Captain Fraser over and he's like, 
he makes a point to say to Captain Fraser, tell them I really want Charlotte to come. I know, right? It's like, dude, you ain't got no chill. Unless he's like planning on proposing to her. Why is he this intense? I don't, I don't get the sense that he's actually pursuing marriage. So I don't really understand like why it's this extra. Um, what, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know whether or not, you know, the, the thought of there being a permanent uh, barracks in Sanditon uh, might get him to start thinking much more along the matrimonial uh, lines, uh, you know, because I know that that was something that was brought up in the first episode was, you know, that that, you know, being in the army, you know, it's hard to settle down and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, if there was a permanent barracks there, then that would be possible. I don't know. He doesn't seem that sold on that idea, though. So it's, it's yeah. um, What I'm now very intrigued by is the fact that he knows Colborn. Um, yeah. Like, how, yeah. how, how? They seem like complete opposites. But then he said he kind of, he knew of him. So has he, how, how again, how? And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if maybe the link is the mysterious dead wife question. Ooh. Could be. Hashtag pure drama. <laughs> yes. That would be interesting. I think that has to be it, because if he knows of him, I think that but has to be the wouldn't link. He, wouldn't he have already known that the dude lives in Sanditon? Yeah, exactly. This is what makes me yeah. very suspicious. What if he's yeah. using Edward suggesting it? As a cop out, I don't know. Like I'm, uh, we need more details. But like, I yeah, my instincts say like it's something to do with the dead wife because yeah, this is where my spidey senses. <laughs> you know, I'm good at predicting things. That is, what I, I know predict. you are. <laughs> I know you are. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, pay- I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how it's gonna work. I just think that's it. Um, so. Yeah. Captain Carter, Allison, Captain Fraser, the love triangle of doom. Um, I think it's very obvious by now that we are Captain Fraser stands. We worship yes. it. Yes. Uh, it's just absolutely adorable. The mm-hmm. moment he looked over at her at that yes. dinner table, I was, oh, Yes. God. Yes. It was like, oh, so, oh, I hope you don't have to suffer long. I hope you don't have to suffer long. The person I feel worse for is Captain Carter, um, because he's going to get just completely overlooked in the end, isn't he? Like, we can Probably. see this coming. I mean, unless um, unless he becomes slightly wickamized, um, but I, I have a feeling that if they're going to do that, um, then they're going to save it for Lennox and Colburn. Colborn. Exactly. Col- whatever. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Captain Carter seems to. This sounds mean. Um, <laughs> but he he is. He's wearing. Like he's literally wearing a red coat. Which, if you are a Star Trek fan, you know that if you're wearing a red shirt on that show, it means you're going to die. So I don't think that he's going to die. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's going to die. But I think he's like just uh, um, collateral damage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that will wind up happening between Allison and Fraser. And I felt bad for him when, because I think he's insecure about his his lack of knowledge about poetry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in that. Poetry's mm-hmm. not for everyone. No. 
I mean, it just means he's not the right guy for Alison. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like her auntie Willoughby <laughs> in the yes. regards. Yes. And yeah, I just I um I worry about him because I think it's very obvious that <laughs> when Alison finds out that he doesn't share any of her interests, she's gonna lose interest at the moment. It's just because he's handsome. The amount of times yeah. she called him handsome. I mean, um, he is, but what is else is he bringing to the table, Allison? Come on. <laughs> he's handsome in a puppy kind British of way. way. Yeah, very boyish. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, he is your youngest member of the boy band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is Jungkook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's see. We've talked a little bit about Georgiana and Charles. Anything else that you want to dive down into? Oh, they are far and away my favorite <laughs> ship this season. I'm yes. obsessed with them. I they have excellent chemistry, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, their story seems the less the the least derivative. Right. So far, so far, I could caveat it could still turn into something I've seen before. <laughs> I, I I feel like. It could go anywhere from here yeah. on out, and that excites me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also just really pumped that Georgiana gets a love interest that we can watch the love blossom. Yeah. I know she had a relationship with Otis in season one, but we mm-hmm. we never watched them meet or fall in love, so it was no. really just like sprung upon you randomly mm-hmm. halfway through the season, <laughs> and I was so not attached to it. Yeah. I was just like, why is this happening? Um, but with Charles, I just like, A, I love Charles. I'm a yes. Charles stan. Even though he's wrong about Bonaparte, I can forgive him. Um, and he's, he's just... got he's got ridiculous mutton chops. And I love him anyway. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. I love the whole style. He has the floppy hair. I'm a sucker for floppy, curly floppy hair. I'm even forgiving the fact that he's an artist, because usually I yes. hate that trope. Um, <laughs> but the way that he was pumping up Arthur as well, like I was yeah. just like, this is a good person. Yeah. Um, the fact that like both the, Georgiana and him gravitate towards Arthur makes me think like, oh, they value the same things. Yeah. In, in friendship and in relationships. Yeah. And they see that Arthur is a sweet cinnamon roll. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that is perfect for him. He is. Oh, you know? he just loves his cinnamons. <laughs> He loves his he, he loves, loves his, his little buns. biscuits and his buns. Um, he has the sweetest voice when he is speaking yeah. to Georgiana. It is just so soft and gentle, and it's just I I hear it and I'm thinking this can't be Tom Harry. I know I mentioned that last week, but uh, man, it's like this. It's like the, this is a twin brother. Because he couldn't be any any way like Tom Harry. But anyway, um, I just... Acting, darling. Yes. Acting. Acting. This is acting. Yes. <laughs> I, I, we are all channeling um, Patrick Stewart. There we go. Yes. We're all channeling yes. Patrick Stewart with the acting, darling. Uh, oh. Speaking of Arthur. Yes. Can we talk about the dynamic between... Tom and Arthur, because it is pissing me off. Uh, Uh, Yes. I want to slap Tom upside the head with a ball-peen hammer, um, because Tom 
is so dismissive and walks all over Arthur. I, I, I mean, I had, you know, I think we both had issues with Tom in the, in the first season and, you know, for really super obvious reasons, um, you know, and the fact that, you know, his brother wound up jilting Charlotte and marrying who's he, what's it, Eliza, uh, for her millions of pounds so that they could bail Tom out of the fiasco that had become Sanditon. He's like walking around as if none of that happened. I mean, it's, I it's like... He, he even registers that he did that as well, I know. which is even more annoying. It it's is like, just... Oh, if Tom hate- Parker... Has ten haters. I am one of them. If Tom had mm-hmm. only one hater, that is me. If Tom had no <laughs> haters, that means I am dead. I am no longer on this earth. I hate that man. Oh, he's him. just awful. Um, and I I can't stand the way he belittles Arthur. Um, and can we talk about this, by the way, as well? Because I was thinking the theater would draw in way more income. Yes, it's got a. It's called a revenue stream, Tom. There's new patrons night after night spending money. And then they would go out for drinks and food uh-huh. and shit in the town. Yes. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you put the barracks in. That's done. Like, you've got yeah. your money out of that. Honestly. Yeah. Oh. He's rude and condescending, but he's also just bad at being a businessman yeah he should not be in charge Mm-mm. let arthur run everything fuck tom yes fuck tom <laughs> <laughs> our opinion tom bye tom <laughs> he's the worst oh he's just anyway. awful he's awful don't don't mess with don't mess with arthur it's like you mess with arthur you're gonna get the claws that scene where arthur was like um at the 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 mess dinner thing um mm-hmm. where he's like he introduces Georgie and Charles and then he sees that like they're not really getting along but he's yes. like I think she likes you <laughs> then he and sneaks in like, yeah and, he oh sneaks my god the way he prances yes. he's, he pr- he's just like prances <laughs> he's doing his <laughs> sneaky <laughs> sneak yes. it's like he's in he's in Scooby Doo and he's like going to do a crime <laughs> oh gosh I, I love, love him. him um but we hate Edward oh Edward Edmund whatever it's Edward the dude with <laughs> got, the smarmy mustache dude with the smarmy mustache and you know, who is thirsting after his stepsister. Ugh. Um, Nasty okay. creature. That scene at the mess dinner where Edward was doing his creepy, remember the yes. first time we danced together? Uh-huh. Gross. <laughs> but I realised yeah. that we don't actually have a backstory to how this whole clusterfucker relationship formed. Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to their parents? Yeah. What was their relationship like with each one of those parents? Mm-hmm. Why do these two individuals glom onto each other so intensely in such an unhealthy way? Um, I would like there's to a, know. There's a lot of meat on that bone. I mean, I suspect there's some kind of parental trauma that happened. Mm-hmm. Caused some borderline incest relationship to form. Yeah. Um, usually that's how these things start. It would. Mm-hmm. I would just like... 
as gross as it is, I would like to know how this happened. How it happened, yeah. And yeah, and it occurred to me that during that scene, I was literally like, oh yeah, they didn't explore this at all in season one. They just went incest. <laughs> <laughs> they just went. Here it is. Deal with it. <laughs> and it's so disturbing. Yeah. But I need to like why need is some Edward... context. Context yeah, why is, is important. Still coming back. Uh, what is it that he's getting out of this relationship? Oh God. So I would I would appreciate I would appreciate it if they could explain it to me. Even though it yes. would probably gross us out. That would be At least would we be would good. know. At least you would know. <laughs> right. Maybe we might feel slightly more sympathetic for him. I doubt it. I you know God, I hope not. I we don't he we don't need a redemption storyline for Edmund. He can just not make necessarily redemption, but I think like it's always interesting to sort of understand how terrible people are formed. Mm-hmm. Because I I I genuinely believe like these people are they're not born that way. So something has to happen. Yeah. To make them like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a bad seed uh, proponent of the bad seed theory, um, you know. Um, and I, you know, just with my background, I have a, a real love for understanding the the history of individuals and why they do awful things. I mean, you know, we're you and I are both uh, true crime freaks too. So, uh, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it's but, uh, interesting. Yeah, it is. So, anyhow, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, they'll give us something that that we can chew on um, in upcoming episodes. Um, speaking of Clara, <laughs> the Clara reveal. Yes. This this was another thing where I was like, oh yeah, oh my god, I forgot about Clara. <laughs> were like... you were you totally surprised? Um, that she was pregnant or that she was back. That she was back. I knew she was. I knew she was going to be back in, for the second season when they oh, announced okay. it. They okay. The, they announced that she would be back. So ah. I just kind of. But the thing is, it was the second episode. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> forgot she was supposed to be back. Like she didn't. It wasn't on my radar. Yeah. And the reveal. The reveal when she was standing there, I was like, Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah. You yeah. exist. And then she was pregnant. And then it's and like, like oh, oh my God. Well. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I think it works better as well mm-hmm. because so many of the characters weren't back that you just sort of like, you if you weren't like me and hadn't read the the whole list of um, <laughs> cast members coming back and like trying to work out who's coming, um, <laughs> you, you, you could have just assumed she wasn't back. Like right. she seemed like she'd been written off yeah so like genius of them to just like lay off for an episode so mm-hmm. you're like just the reveal is even more bonkers mm-hmm. it's bonkers <laughs> i love it um oh it's crazy it is did you scream <laughs> i i uh had been lying down on the couch and i kind of jumped into a sitting position <laughs> when <laughs> when she showed up i was like huh <laughs> I was like, Clara? Oh my god. I, it's kind of weird how surprised they are that it's Edmunds. Hasn't it only been nine months? It would have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who? She hasn't had time to meet someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I'm kind of worried that Esther's going to adopt that baby, though. That's my. 
I could see that happening. It's always like, oh, there's a lady struggling with fertility, and then and then oh, here's a baby. Yeah, here's a a child out of wedlock. Convenient. Yes. What does it say about Lady Denim? And also, I guess let's rope Esther into this that they see a heavily pregnant Clara. Looking fucked up as hell, <laughs> and their instinct isn't to help her. They're like, eh, and they're like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's some bad I mean, bitches in enough. that family. <laughs> Clara is a sociopath as well, which yes. I think like perfect foil for Edward in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get why they wouldn't want like, wouldn't <laughs> want to have her back, but my instinct was like, oh come on, she's like 19 <laughs> months pregnant. <laughs> What is she going to do? Oh, gosh. Okay, so what were some of your favorite scenes? Um, That scene on the terrace with Charles and Georgiana. Yeah. I mean, all of their scenes, because yeah. at dinner when he, he made that remark about the lamb being tough mm-hmm. and somewhat cold, I literally <laughs> scraped. <laughs> it's like, oh, here for it, here for it. This is the banter it. I want. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I love that t- um, the terrace scene the most though because it became like really clear to me what Charles brings to the table in this relationship mm-hmm. and I think it's I just love it for Georgiana his ability to live outside of that society mm-hmm. is really perfect for her you know earlier on in the episode Barry was telling Georgiana that if she wants to be accepted by these snooty annoying white people mm-hmm. she's going to need to be married, yeah. to be accepted. I think Charles is there, there to show her that there's this other way of being where she doesn't have to seek the approval of these people that ultimately have never accepted her. Yeah. And instead of like trying to live on their terms, she's li- going to try and live, live on, on her, her own. own. Yeah. Obviously, that yeah that doesn't come without risks, mm-hmm. obviously, because she's a black woman yeah. and the level of scrutiny on her will always be way harsher mm-hmm. on her. Like, can you imagine if she'd st- stood up and said the Napoleon thing? Oh my thing? God. Uh, I'd have strung her ass up. And I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> but I think, like, it's perfect for the type of person she is. Even from season one, you could see she's her own person. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna be tied down and she's adventurous and spirited mm-hmm. she's like come on otis let's run away together and otis was like fuck no <laughs> so <laughs> she needs someone that's more like her in that respect yeah. and i think like charles is perfect for mm-hmm. her and i hope he doesn't hurt her yeah because if he does i'm gonna we cut him we will punch him in the face um cut him. but i hope he doesn't he seems he seems genuine, right? Question mm, mark. Yeah, uh, but you never, uh, you it's, can it's never know in, in these kinds of situations. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I will, I will keep hoping, keep hope alive. Um, <laughs> um, some of my other scenes, I love the outdoor scene where uh, Charlotte and Leo were uh, looking for snails. Uh, just the. The cinematography, the scenery, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Um, Arthur sneaking, obviously. 10 out of 10 for sneaking. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I think... How about the dancing? Did you enjoy the dancing? I did. I did. Um, I th- I was like, 
Isn't it nice to have a dance scene that's not like Bridgerton where it's the most intense overproduction yes. ever? It's just a bunch of people in a room dancing. Yes. It's like, this is what it probably was like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, was, it wasn't absolute perfection with everybody dripping in jewelry and, um, you know, outstanding dresses and, you know, with, you know, more flowers than any human should have in a room. <laughs> Thank you, lady. Uh, thank you. And it uh, wasn't so brightly overlit. Can we just take it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that the lighting in here always feels natural. Like it's yeah. a dark room yeah. where people are sneaking about and chatting mm-hmm. shit about each other. Like in Bridgerton, it's always incredibly bright. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they must have a billion candles lit in this joint. <laughs> I'm like, in a cons- Conservatory? Where are you getting your lighting from? <laughs> yes, conservatory at night, and it's bright. Yeah. Um. But uh. But uh. Yeah. Um. Love the dancing. I can't think of anything else, which doesn't mean that you know I didn't really enjoy the episode because I did. There just wasn't that much to stand out. I think this week. I I think because like it was all really good. Mm-hmm. There were like with some shows, it'll be like quite obvious where the good scenes are <laughs> and where the bad scenes are. <laughs> with Sanderton, it's very consistent all the way yeah. throughout. You're just engaged. Yeah. There's no scenes where you switch off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we. So it's like <laughs> although it's hard to pick them out. Although um, I think that the geography challenges um, probably tend to kind of jolt you out of the story uh, when they when they show up. <laughs> Um, but (laughs) if anyone can tell me where Hey Rick Park is, like, please, like, draw me a map, email us. I would like to understand how she's getting there. Oh, man. Seriously. So, uh, but yeah. Um, how about least favorite scenes? Um, I grant you they're vital to the plot, but I always cringe at Tom's scenes because he is just a wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, he makes. He's just uh, he, and he, the way he's treating Arthur yeah. makes me too upset. He's he's just such a smarmy salesman, dude, and I yeah. I cannot cannot deal with that personality type. Um, and you know I think the the scene where he's gambling. Um, you know if I oh. had to if I had to pick a least favorite scene, it was probably that one. And I know that they had to have yeah, him there same. for the plot. Uh, to move forward, but but yeah, it was just. Oh, I don't want to be leaving Charles and Georgiana no! flirting to go see him throw some <laughs> bloody fours. Who cares? Like, obviously, it's important. Yeah, he's off the wagon. Yeah, yeah. but can he just chill out for like a couple more? I could have done with more. Like, I quite liked him in the first Mm -hmm. episode. I was like, he was being reasonable. He was proud of his town. He was showing it off. Mm -hmm. And then immediately they had to ruin it. Yeah. Just no thank you. Like, uh, no. Favorite costumes. Oh, man. Well, we had a whole bunch of wonderful ones, especially with the the mess dinner. Um, I thought that Charlotte's pink dress was charming. Very sweet. and, And perfect for her. Um... I loved the gown that Allison was wearing. Um, it was very um, 
the white ball dance at uh, from Pride and Prejudice kind of yeah. vibe that that went along with that. Um, I, can I just say I love that they're making references to the fact that these girls don't have that many dresses. Yeah, same. She, like she's going like I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> and yeah, because you know y'all broke. always there with a gown uh-huh. and a pretty hat. Wink, wink. Um. <laughs> um, I really loved uh, Georgiana's dress mm-hmm. for the dinner. It had that. Um, it was like this beautiful, like teal or turquoise color, which I think looks amazing on a skin tone. But then it had that um, shorter overlay, yes. with, like the gold gauze thing. Mm-hmm. I love the shape of that, and I love that her costumes always seem much more lavish than the ones around her. Like she just screams money. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like that attention to detail, yeah. and I also realized Charles was wearing like pink breeches. <laughs> so I was like obsessed with that. He's got like these pink breeches, and um, that just so dandyish. Yes, I love that. Oh, and um, he's wonderful. Arthur was wearing like this gold paisley print. Yes, earlier, it was beautiful. Was... It was beautiful. I, there's a lot of. A lot of paisley prints going on this season. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. The costume's 10 out of 10. And all the hats. Can we just... Hats! Hats were worn. Yes. Hats were worn. Although, Gior- <laughs> uh, Georgiana wasn't wearing a hat uh, this episode. Um, which kind of bummed me out. She was on the... She was wearing um, a bonnet on the beach with Mary. When oh, they were yes. on their promenade. Yes. But it was one we've seen. Performer of the episode... You know, Charlotte is always amazing. Um, I think that I enjoyed uh, the actors who were playing uh, Georgiana and Charles because, you know, you mentioned earlier their chemistry is, is great. They really do have some of the best chemistry on that show. Um, yeah. And um, I think that, that they did a, a great job and probably had a lot of fun with... Uh, yeah. All of the verbal <laughs> sparring that they got to do and, and, and that kind of thing. So uh, laying the groundwork uh, for what is to come. Um, but uh, yeah, I think those would be my my tops. How about you? Um, I'm going to throw a curveball and pick um, the actress who plays Augusta. Uh-huh. I've looked her up. Her name Eloise Webb. Because mm-hmm. I found her just a fascinating watch, especially on rewatch mm-hmm. um because the scene where she's like trying to manipulate mm-hmm. um Charlotte is just very interesting to watch knowing what's going through her head on the second time mm-hmm. second rewatch mm-hmm. um and her ability to go from like vulnerable to complete cruelty yes. in just like a few seconds <laughs> was very impressive yeah it was it was quite diabolical <laughs> yeah and like i said like She's giving absolutely perfect rendition of, like, teenage bittery, which I love. Um, <laughs> she's doing a great job. And she's really young as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is probably one of her first jobs. Oh, so. man. That's cool. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, important question. How many Antigua black pineapples out of five? I'm going to give this one four and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Still hedging my bets. As- <laughs> I'd love to see how you would cut that pineapple into four and three quarters. Oh, be a happy little little wedge just 
right out. <laughs> tiny, yes. tiny little bit out. Yes. Just like you can't have that bit. No, you that one's mine. One. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it five. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, me too. I mean, it's get um, a bit boring, but <laughs> five because I thought it was really fun. Yeah. I mean, there were loads of times where I genuinely laughed out loud, mm-hmm. and that does not happen very often. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many great lines this week. The bit where Lady Denham said that one doesn't let the grass grow. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh, like, she's so like, good. Just oh god, I love her. <laughs> Um, and the plot twists, yes. and the fuckery, and all of the romance of mm-hmm. it all. Like, I was just swept away with all these different ships. The ships, yes. Michelle. Oh, the ships. we've got a harbour full of ships. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all setting sail. Yes. Don't bang into each other. <laughs> Pay attention to where you're going. Um but uh but yeah I I really enjoyed it and I'm I'm looking forward to um watching episode 3. Uh if I didn't have an early meeting tomorrow, I would probably watch it after uh doing the podcast. Got to get up uh, early. Life. Yeah. Life. Yeah, adulting. Time for postcards from Sanditon. Mm-hmm. The waves waves back. crashing, <laughs> waves crashing. Um Hi, Michelle and Rita. Enjoyed the newest Sanditon podcast. Was wondering, would, will you consider doing the new Persuasion? I haven't watched it yet and thought it may be on your future to-do list. Keep up the great work. Nani. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the, the answer is yes. Yeah. We, I got so many DMs. People were like, have you watched it? It's great. You should do a podcast. I was like... Uh. I wish we could (laughs) do it right now. (laughs) We're a little busy right now. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was one of the DMS that dropped into, to read his inbox and said, um, took a, I took a picture of my TV screen. First of all, (laughs) that had the, the ad from Netflix on it. Do you know how many times I open it up and Netflix just assumes that's what I'm going to watch? I, uh, like, yeah, same here. It's eh. like, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, but uh, uh, Persuasion is my favorite um, Austin book. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's because you haven't read Northanger Abbey, to be fair. You haven't that's read that's true. pure joy that is. That's Henry true. Tinley is pure joy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always an option. Uh. Persuasion is probably the one i've read the most as well yeah um uh it's been if you've been on twitter you will have seen lots of varying reactions but all the people mm-hmm. that i trust have really enjoyed it so i'm okay. looking forward to it it's kind of, it's more of a comedic take on the story yeah. which i'm more interested in because i think we've done the manic depressive version <laughs> we have we have a few versions of those okay yeah. we can do with a fresh take mm-hmm. like give me that yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing. It should be well, it should be next month really that we finish mm-hmm. Sanditon. There's only there's only four episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll be getting into it next month. So um, you know, if you if you haven't seen it yet and want to wait along with us, uh please do so. But if you've already seen it, uh that's no problem Watch either. Watch it again. <laughs> And, um, you know, send, you'll be able to send in your, your comments and things like that and be read out on the, the show as well. So, anyhow. Okay. Uh, next 
one said, loved the first episode of the podcast for this season. Excited to hear the remaining episodes as they unfold. Uh, decided to rewatch episode two in preparation for this podcast. At first, I was remembering this as my least favorite episode of oh. the second season. But actually, it's wonderful. <laughs> so much action between characters and planting seeds of things that may be coming later in the season. Mm-hmm. First, this episode has come some really aesthetically beautiful shots when mm-hmm. Charlotte is heading to work and encounters Colonel Lennox at the beach. That's a stunning shot. And the scene where Charlotte and Leah mm-hmm. look for water snails looks like an impressionist painting. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, and it, it does. reminds me a lot of the work of Mary Cassatt. Cassatt? Yeah. Uh, second, the costuming for this episode is fabulous. I love the brighter colours on Mary Parker this mm-hmm. season. Georgiana also has fabulous clothes, and I loved that she was wearing the brownish Spencer Lady Bennett's character wore in the 95 Pride oh. and Prejudice. Oh, Lydia Bennett. Yeah, I love that coat. It's oh, cute. That's awesome. Um, Esther's clothes are fabulous, especially the collars. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we forgot to talk about the collars. Yes. Queen Elizabeth vibes. I also love the collar they put on um, little Leo's dress. Yes. It's just just like the most stuffy collar you can imagine to give a child. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a dress she's going to (laughs) love. They continued. Third, lots of great lines in this episode. Georgiana saying to Lady Denham, didn't realize you lived a life of such de- deprivation lady dunham <laughs> and the line is delivered so well and i love esther's reaction to georgiana saying this <laughs> uh, a charlotte talking to augusta i'm trying to forge a new life and a new path and then leo to mr colborne miss hayward said a woman can dress for whatever suits her purpose she says a girl can be whatever she wants to be that should be on a coaster or something yes <laughs> Love when important lines of dialogue are spread throughout a cast. Okay? Mm-hmm. And who doesn't love the character of the little feisty Leo? Yes. Oh, love Leo? Yes. Uh, finally, the best scene for me is the last <laughs> lesson from Charlotte to Mr. Colborne. It's such a paramount scene. I love that Charlotte is not folding on her principles, even if it may cost her the job. And clearly Colborne hears truth again in the, what she says. Rose really makes this scene so powerful. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Best, Eve. Oh, thank you, um, Eve. Thank you, Eve. I love all those insights. I yes. mean, I wish I loved that final scene as much as you, but honestly, I was just so in the sound of music headspace <laughs> that I couldn't. Oh, poor Rita. <laughs> I just, I think I'm just too much of a sound of music fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's my main problem. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, Well, uh, episode uh, 203, uh, the uh, little preview comment reads, Charlotte and Alexander Colburn reach an understanding as she and Colonel Lennox enjoy a close encounter. Allison falls for her new beau, unaware he's wooing her under false pretenses. (gasps) Clara seeks Esther's help and Edward hatches the plan oh edward just just, like pay child support or something go away go away you know you know he's gonna deny being the father of course he is of course he is Ugh, jackass 
watch that baby come out with like a full a full head of blonde hair (laughs) (laughs) and a tiny scruffy mustache be like yep see he's even in a red coat yes a little boy in a red coat (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Okay, so what are you looking forward to uh, the most uh, in the next episode? Um, Finding out more about Colborn would be nice. Mm -hmm. Like we said, it feels like he's too much of an enigma and like that's what I need most from the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not looking forward to Alison being lied to, essentially. No. That's not fun. I'm not a a fan of that. Wondering what this close encounter is going to be with Colonel Lennox. Close encounter sounds sexual in nature, which yeah, I, don't, it does. I don't know how accurate how accurate that is as a description. Yeah. Um, oh, God. I, what about Clara and Esther? I would love for them to band together to fuck with Edward. That would be my dream. <laughs> yes. Yes indeed. Please. Uh yeah, I think that, that Esther's, you know, recent experiences are going to um, kind of soften her heart a bit in this situation. Yeah. And, you know, given uh, Clara's um, <laughs> past history uh, on the show, not sure if that's a good thing, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm wondering if, like, now that she's been through being absolutely poverty-ridden and yes. forever pregnant, if she's maybe less of a bitch maybe maybe not i don't know one one would hope (laughs) you would think that that would make you appreciate any kindness that she's shown yes but it's clara it's clara she will probably it's clara she will probably give birth to that baby and then like sell it or something (laughs) (laughs) something vile you know something awful Uh, yeah so yeah i think i think it'll be very interesting to see what happens um, and I am promising myself that I am not going to watch it. <laughs> Just a tiny bit? No. Just a little bit? No. <laughs> no. What's annoying about this description is it doesn't give me any hint of there being any Georgiana and Charles interaction. And that is... <sighs> we don't, don't lose sight of that one. We, we need to see, we need to see that every single episode. Maybe they're trying to hide it from us because it's just it's the most good. important part it's of the episode. It's just too good. It's too good. Oh, uh, gosh. Okay. One can hope. Um, so that's all from us for this week. We'll be back discussing episode three next week. That's like we're halfway through with episode three. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Insane. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates. I do fantastic posts that you should be looking at we're yes. in the books network you can also um, email us if you want to be read out in our postcards feature the email address to that is in the books network at gmail.com um, and if you enjoy this podcast please share it with friends and give us a rate and review thank you so much and we'll see you all next week bye bye Jesse is a friend Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine But lately something's changed It ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl And I wanna make her mine And she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving with that body I just know it And he's holding her in his arms Late, late at night
so dirty when they start talking cute I wanna tell her that I love her but the point is probably moot Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body I just know it <laughs> 